You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. I've got a wonderful guest with us today. I have Jeff Cecil. Jeff is a business and leadership coach. So welcome to the program, Jeff. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're a business leadership coach. You've been doing this for a long time. I think uh, I read like 30 years you've been working with different companies. What inspired you to be a business leader and be an entrepreneur and, and do all this in the first place? So it's interesting, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, co company that I kind of built is called Pull the Shoot. And so the, the idea behind it came from an adventure that I had uh, almost 20 years ago. I decided to go skydiving. And uh, I went in a plane, we went, you know, 14,000 feet up in the air, and we jumped out of a perfectly good plane, as they say, right? And people say, why would you do that? And I said, well, you know. Um, anyway, you're falling at 120 miles an hour. It's hard to breathe. Um, you know, you're spin out of control by moving one little movement of your hand. Um, you can't see where you're at and you can't see where you're going until you pull the chute at 5,500 feet. And when you pull the chute, suddenly you can breathe again. Suddenly you're in control. Suddenly you can see where you're at and you can see where you're going. And isn't that a lot like businesses? And that's where the premise came from. Because as a business leader, and I've been doing this for 30 plus years, I've had my own businesses several times. We have a tendency to run really fast because we think that we need to. And sometimes it's important to pull the chute, see where you're at and see where you want to go and kind of figure that out. Um, and then the second part of that is that I, I've learned over the years that it's not all about me as the business owner. It's really about my people. And so one of the things that I've learned uh, and, and that I'm an advocate for is to grow your people, you grow your company. Business culture is critical, especially in the times that we live in now. I mean, you know, companies are struggling to figure out how to handle virtual, you know, relationships and, and make uh, employees feel part of the company, even though they're working from home. And so there's a bunch of aspects of that, that I really want to teach people. I want to take the experiences that I've learned over the years and be able to put that forward into uh, small to medium sized businesses. You know, I love when, when people want to start their own company um, and to be able to help them start their own company or grow to the next level is really what I've decided I want to do with the rest of my life. Awesome. So uh, what, what are some of the things you do with a new person that wants to start their own company? What are some of the basic things that you make sure um, that they have so they can set themselves up for success? So I think one of the first things that I like to do is just to kind of get a gauge on their personality. Are they controlling or are they willing to train others to kind of hand some of the jobs off? One of the things that I'll always uh, work with them on is being able to get out of their own way. Is, which is what I say to a lot of business owners. I go, look, you can't have your fingers in everything. I know you want to, but that's never how you're going to scale. I said, you want to get to the next level. 
you've got to give up some of the control. And the way that you do that is by training your people on the methodologies and the way that you want to run your company. Train them to be good leaders. Train them to understand your process so that when you want to hand things off, they get it and you feel comfortable as the business owner knowing that it's being done the way you'd like it to be done. Yeah, I think uh, in, in my experience anyway, and I'm like this, I'm, I'm, I was kind of a control freak. And when I started businesses, uh, you said I was, I was running myself ragged because I felt like I had to do everything if I wanted it done right. And it's hard for people to kind of relinquish, relinquish that and have trust and respect for other people, their employees to, to carry that ball. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. And I learned that lesson. Uh, one of my early uh, companies, I worked, I started my career at Harris Bank and I, after 13 years of corporate America, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I, I started my first uh, far away, far, uh, how you say that, venture into uh, into the entrepreneurship. And I, I had a painting company, believe it or not, because my wife, uh, we decided for her to stay home and raise our kids. And I was painting houses on the weekends. And when I left the bank, I did that full time. The problem with that was that the business was me. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't take a vacation. I couldn't take time off. It was, you know, for, for three years. And I finally said, enough of this. You know, I've got to change this. Um, and, and so that's what I, I kind of said, A, you know, I have a new idea for a business. B, I'm never going to go that way again because yeah. it can't be about me. Yeah. And I, I you know, in, in talking about employees, I mean, kind of what's, what's your take on what's going on right now with the great resignation, the big quit, and, and, uh, and how businesses can, can kind of navigate the waters right now of what's going on in the world. Yeah, it's funny that came up uh, about two days ago uh, in a conversation and I did some research and, you know, 4.5 million people just resigned in yeah. November alone, right? It's like, yeah. wow, what is going on? Um, I have two thoughts on that. One is um, we have to get into a fair wage kind of uh, mentality, which is one thing, um, you know, the people can actually resign and then go find a better wage somewhere else. Um, but really, here's the key. 12% of people you know, leave their jobs for more money. 79% leave their jobs because they feel unappreciated, mm. right? And so in my opinion, what we need to do is change the culture to help feel, people feel more part of the business, supported in the business, appreciated in the business. And that's a whole cultural change. I kind of call that transformational leadership because it's all about the, that whole top-down mentality that I mm. grew up with in, in my business life. Uh, where the boss says, this is what you do, and you, you have zero voice, has to change. And that's still hanging on, where people are like, no, this is my business, you do it my way, instead of, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, do you have some thoughts? And that's all you need to do. You give people their, their chance to have a voice. And you know, I tell people, look, you have an open door policy, you have an open voice policy. You know, it just makes a whole lot of difference. And, and that's really, I think, where the, the mass resignations are coming from, because people are tired of just having to do what they're told to do versus uh, they might have a better way to do it, but no one will listen. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, definitely a good point. I remember an interview and this was a long time ago. It was um, the head of HR for one of the largest companies in the world. Um, and it, it, and the, the thing that he said that resonated with me, he says, our greatest assets walk out the door every single day. And it's my job to make sure that they come back the next day. And, right. and their employee called their employees their, their greatest assets that the company had. Yeah, think how much money people have to spend every time they lose employees, right? You know, employee retention is such a huge overhead cost to businesses because you have to spend time retraining and, you know, bringing them up to speed and all the other things that go along with it. Now, if you're bringing people on because you're growing, that's one thing. But if you're just bringing people on because it's a revolving door, something's got to change. 
So um, talk about some of the companies that are trying to scale and, and how can you help them um, scale up? Um, if, if it's a small business that's, that's uh, do, doing well, but they, they can just do being so much better and they want to scale and they hire you as their consultant, what are some of the things you look at to really help them scale up? So a couple of things. Um, I've just spent the last six years working with um, marketing and PR firms. I've learned a lot in that industry. Um, and I think that's a key thing, um, but it's not only that. So one of the things that I find out with most, most companies is what's your messaging? You know, what's your market dominating position? Why are you different than your competition? And the interesting part is I ask them, I say, look, if I was to ask your employees what your messaging was and I asked you what your messaging was, would I get two different answers? And they always go, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that, <laughs> right? But the reason I say that is because, again, you know, I go back to supporting and involving your employees, right? They're your biggest asset, especially when it comes to sales and driving up, you know, your, your revenues, which is what you want to do. You can't get any better than someone that has passion and is talking about their company that they work for to someone in the outside. And you never know where those sales are going to come from, right? But the messaging has to be on point. Right? You have to be able to, to do the 30-second elevator pitch. You, know, you have to be able to figure out how to get them to the next level and hand them off, things of that nature. So I spend a lot of time with them on that aspect of things. And then uh, the other thing I like to do is spend time with them helping to grow their employees. How are they going to grow their employees? And, and ultimately, that's like asking the employees, what are your dreams? What are your goals? You know, where are your struggles? And then be able to help them through that because that's the foundation. So when you go to scale, because the worst thing you can do when you go to scale, when you start scaling is start, you know, feeling the cracks in the foundation because all of a sudden you're either growing too fast and you don't have enough people or you're growing too fast and the people that you have just can't handle the workload anymore because you didn't spend time with building that strong foundation so that as things start to grow, you can hand things off and people know how to handle things. Um, it's a real struggle for a lot of companies from that standpoint. So I really like to work with them on doing that, but it really is, uh, you know, encompassed by how they treat their people and what kind of culture they've built. And nine times out of 10, if they've got the right culture, when they start to scale, the company's going to be fine. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, let's, let's talk about entrepreneurship because uh, a lot of our audience are, are either an entrepreneur themselves Maybe they're looking to be, don't know where to start, but let's say, you know, a buddy or someone hired you and said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a business. And, and what are, what are some of the, what are the, some of the traits that good entrepreneurs should have or need to develop in themselves to make sure that they're setting themselves up for success? Sure. Um, first of all, if you ask me, uh, it's not always a great idea that's going to be successful, but it's going to be someone that's driven to make, a, a, it could even be a mediocre idea, successful, right? Um, but if, if you really have someone that's dedicated to what they're doing, believe in what they're doing, um, is willing to work hard, because, you know, it's, it's not a nine to five job, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're starting out. Uh, but the, probably the biggest thing I would give them as advice is just kind of lay a plan out for the first year at least, right? Have some KPIs that you lay out for yourself and for your company, um, and then figure out how to do that. And then every quarter, let's call it what I do, pull the chute and kind of see where you're at, see where you're going, see if you need to make adjustments because I guarantee where you start and where you thought you were going to end are going to not happen. You know, it's always a little bit different because the road moves as you move, but you learn from that, right? Mm -hmm. And you figure out what works and what didn't. Um, I can tell you that, you know, I had a company that I started back in 1994 
um, that was called FuturesNet. It was a network for the futures and options industry pre-internet. And in 96, we moved it to the internet. And in 98, we took a piece of that technology, which was the ability to upload a file from your PC to our servers and get to it from any web browser. It's what we know today as web-based storage. Um, and we called it FreeDrive. But that whole journey was one where we thought we knew exactly where we were going. And it ended up being FreeDrive, um, you know, which two years later had 18 million people using it. Who could have ever thought that? Yeah. But, we, but we kept moving, you know, we kept analyzing and saying, okay, what's working and what's not? What's working and what's not? And we were willing to make adjustments and changes um, to try and get to the ultimate goal. And, and, you know, that's the fun part about being an entrepreneur because you get to look at that and you keep going, all right, this is working, this isn't. Well, what if we just tweak this a little bit? You know, and I'm a big advocate of what I call 2% change. Don't make any knee-jerk reactions. Don't, you know, change the course by 45 degrees. Just do small little 2% incremental changes and see how it works. And then another, and see how that works. Because it was ultimately what happens is you get this compound result. So 2% plus 2% doesn't equal four, it's more like eight because they start compounding on top of each other. And before you know it, some really wonderful things are happening. So let's let's talk about the the other side of that where businesses fail or entrepreneurs fail. What are, what are some of the main reasons? Uh, because I, I forget the statistic, but it's a large number of businesses fail within the first two years. Right. Um, you had something like four out of five or you know, a very large percentage. Um, what, what are some of the reasons of why those businesses are failing? Well, in my opinion, uh, two things. A lot of people like to bootstrap and they don't plan properly for the amount of time. You know, they think, okay, in a year I'll be there. And the reality is they need to double their expectations. If they think they can be there in a year, figure two, because um, things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then figure out a way to have enough money. So if, if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting out, if there's a way that you can continue to work your job and start the business, all day long do that, right? Because one of the biggest reasons that people lose in two years, I think, is that they go full in, which depending on the business, you might have to, but if you're not properly funded, then what happens is the stress levels start to get you know, through the roof when things aren't working the way you wanted to work and you start making bad decisions when the stress levels get there. And once you start making those bad decisions, you know, it's that whole quicksand effect, right? Where this bad decision leads to this bad decision and this, and then before you know it, you're in quicksand and you can't get out. Um, and so I, I really believe that that's uh, one of the reasons um, that, that a lot of businesses fail. The other one is, you know, do, do your proper research too, right? Um, figure out where, what kind of business you're getting into, what's your competition, you know, and then find something that makes you different than your competition, you know, and, and not just, you know, a small difference, but, you know, find something that makes you a big difference, where, where, where when you talk to a potential client or, you know, you're selling your products, it's a no-brainer for them to go with you because, you know, because it's automatically, it's like, oh, well, this is way different. Okay, I get this. Yeah, this makes sense. Um, but, you know, I think you got to go through the process sometimes. And I think it's okay to fail. I've had several that have not worked mm -hmm. out for me, but we learn from that, right? Um, and that's that's the key. You know, you, you kind of, um, I, I love the, the line from, from the Rocky movie when he's talking to his son and he says, life comes at you hard and it knocks you down but it's your ability to get back up and keep moving that's going to help you to get through it. You know, I paraphrase that, of course, but it's yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's, it's, uh, all good stuff. I know another big reason I think people overlook is um, the whole concept of repeat business. You know, they look at getting the customer once, but they don't necessarily doing the right things to bring them back the next time, whether it be, uh, you know, a restaurant or, or really any business. I mean, really to survive, you need your customers 
to keep utilizing your business rather than just a, a one purchase and done type of type of model. That is absolutely a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I am a huge advocate um, of doing that. It's it's all about customer relationships. Um, you know, I worked for these marketing and PR firms recently, and one of the things I had to educate them on was go visit your clients. You know, go, stop just picking up the phone and talking to them. It's not all straight business. Take them out to lunch. Get to know them a little better. Why? Because A, they're going to stay with you longer because now they have a relationship. And B, if something happens to happen, happens to go wrong that, you know, maybe they weren't planning on, it's easier to pick up the phone and explain the situation and they don't walk out the door. You know, so I absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, your, your personal influence and, and what I've read about you, I think I know the answer to this already, but uh, for our audience, if you could inspire some sort of movement in the business world that would bring the most amount of good to people, what, what would that be? Uh, for me, um, I actually think that if we could change the business culture that we currently have, that we could transform who we are as a, as a country and who we are as entrepreneurs. Um, you know, my dad always laid out the golden rule for me, which is treat others how I want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think we've forgotten that, you know, because we get so wound up in the business. But I really believe that that's, that's the key. I mean, you know, you're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to be a boss. Don't get me wrong. It's not all, you know, roses. Yeah. But, but for the most part, um, you know, when you treat people the right way, they're going to give you way more. You know, I mean, I was talking to, to a couple of my daughter's friends and they were asking me about, you know, pull the shoot. And, and he said, look, you know, my bosses don't listen to me. You know, they give me, you know, unrealistic goals. And so I go in at nine, I leave at five and I, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right? How much is that company losing by not doing that, right? By not giving them an opportunity. So I really believe that's the key though. I really believe that's, the movement that we need to make that, that for me anyway, for, for the next 10 years is I'm dedicated to helping change that culture. That's my goal for the next 10 years. And I think companies are going to need to adopt that culture in order to survive. I mean, we're seeing evidence right now with, with the great resignation that people are reevaluating. Do I want to keep this crummy job or do I, do I value something more and, and want to find a place where my voice is heard, where I feel I contribute something to that. And, and so we see evidence of that now and, and companies are going out of business because of that. Yep, absolutely agree. I, I, one of my neighbors um, just quit a job that he's had for 13 years um, and he's basically moving to a competitor because the culture was so bad where he was. Mm. You know, I mean, he, he was set for life. I mean, you know, you know from retirement and all that, but he's like, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we're running out of time here, but how can our audience uh, connect with you or get in touch with you or learn more about Pull the Shoot? Sure. Um, they can visit me at pulltheshoot.net, uh, which is the website. I love that. Uh, Jeff at pulltheshoot.net. If they want to reach out to me through email, um, look me up on LinkedIn. You know, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I'm just having a lot of fun doing this and I'm excited for what the future holds. Awesome. Great. Well, our guest has been Jeff Ciesel from pulltheshoot.net. So thank you so much for being on our program today, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Brad. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good Life, Great Life, brought to you by Brian Highfield. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and stories. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.
This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.